Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nintendo Fanboys. And uh, this is going to be a very interesting little podcast from Stephen and I. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a hell of a lot of uh, comments from people saying, You guys are crazy! Whatever. Um, to let you know, the Nintendo Switch reveal actually happened at 11 o'clock uh, for Stephen and I. Um, so we actually, we both stayed up late in order to watch it, um, and then I went to bed right away. I, I actually almost wanted to um, to bow out early, uh, but we'll get into all of that. Uh, so I, I wrote down essentially everything. Um, so today we're going to do things just a bit differently. Normally uh, we do our little intro and stuff like that, but there's a lot of stuff here that, that I would like to talk about. And and so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to high level go through some of the announcements and then just get some feedback from um, from your perspective, Stephen. And then uh, I'll chime in and we can go back and forth and and talk about some larger themes. Uh, but I want to start off by just saying that there was something I don't know if I want to say special, but there was there was something. Um, about that original Switch reveal, that whatever it was, like two-minute commercial, three-minute commercial, what, whatever it was, um, that I thought was genuinely interesting. Uh, the the way I work today, the way I live today, I'm, I'm just very, very busy all the time. And I thought it would be really interesting to be able to, you know, play a console game like at home on the TV and whatever, and then, you know, if Serena was here and wanted to watch TV or do something, I could just, you know, take it out and have the the true console experience, sort of like what I did with the gamepad, which is why I liked the Wii U. I thought that was really, really interesting. And so um, even Serena, she thought that was kind of cool, like the way, you know, the, the controllers were, you could attach them to the screen when you wanted to play it off screen, or the fact that you could actually just put in like tabletop mode and use the uh, the controller and things like that, like just, it was it was unique, and I thought it was actually really original, and Nintendo had a lot of good press going in to um, this particular event, Okay. Um, and if those of you didn't watch it, which I'm positive you watched it, like I'm sure everybody has seen it by now, but um, it was hosted in Japan and it was live streamed all over the world with the most enthusiastic translators I've ever heard in my life. Um, that's a lot of sarcasm there, just FYI. And um, and right away, I think like within the first like ten minutes. Um, Stephen and I were texting each other, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, what the hell? This is brutal. Um, and it was brutal because it it just wasn't natural. Like, it came off as just very, very drabby. Like, it was just, I don't want to say boring. It wasn't boring per se, but it was just, that's not what you want to do for revealing, like, all the details of your new console. I honestly think Iwata was right with his Nintendo Directs. I think this would have been much better suited for a Direct, because they could have got Reggie, and even if it wasn't Japanese, like, if it, if it had all the other Japanese guys, they could have, you know, had time to get translators that, you know had time to properly translate it and put emotion into um, the different lines of dialogue. So right away, 
I didn't like the setting. And you have to understand that in Japan, it's not like in North America, right? So, like, their press conferences are very quiet. They're very subdued. They're, they'll announce, you know,、um, okay, we're going to announce the, the Nintendo Switch, and it's going to be, you know, $299 US dollars. That's $399 Canadian, and it's coming out on March 3rd. And you could hear a pin drop. And, and that's not bad. That's totally understandable. Whereas in North America or Europe, you'd hear clapping, you'd hear something.、Um, so it, it's just a, it was a weird sort of setting I found right away.、Um, what about that information? So let's start. First off, let's start about the setting. What did you think of the, the, the actual venue that they used? Should they, do you agree that it should have been done something more like a direct? Uh, I think the problem is that they should not have done the、uh, presentation in front of a Japanese audience simply because I don't mind the crowd. I think it's a bit stupid when crowds react. It, the problem is the presentation itself that was very Japanese, very goofy,、uh, very nonsense. Like a presentation like that would have never、uh, been made for a North American audience, I believe. At least not the Nintendo of 2017, because they did. Do some foolish stuff in the past at E3s. But I think that since the majority of the gaming market is in North America, I think they should have, first off, made the event in New York or someplace like that where the market is. And that would have made, given us like, a way more interesting conference instead of like, what you're going to talk in a bit, like the 15 or 20 minutes they, they dedicated to games like One Two Switch and Arms that should be like 30 seconds trailers, like that stuff would not have passed here. So that was my biggest problem with this is that also, like, it's also was all Japanese guys talking in front, so it's not really interesting for an American audience. It makes sense for a Japanese audience, but again, in my mind, you should really be targeting the North American audience first here in this case. What do you think about, the,、um, what do you think about that first news that broke? $299 US dollars and March 3rd? Yeah, that, that seems fine. Like,、uh, the price point is solid. Like,、uh, it gives them room in case the, the system fails、uh, for a $50 price drop. Uh, very soon, it, it gives them room for that, and it's not that expensive. Most systems, like I think the PS4 and Xbox One, launched at $399. Maybe the Xbox One launched at $499 because it had Kinect, I don't remember, but it's a, it's a solid price point, and the release date is a bit closer than I thought, so that's good. Yeah,、um, I'm more or less exactly there.、Um, the price point I thought was bang on. I, I, I like that. It, I'm. It's annoying that the Canadian dollar is where it is right now because $3.99, I'm like, ah. But $2.99 US dollars, yeah, that's good. And the March 3rd actually is what really surprised me. I did not expect that actually. I,、um, I don't want to say I didn't expect that at all, but it's much, much sooner than I thought. I thought we were going to be looking at more towards like late March, you know, something like that. Maybe third week of March.、Um, but, but it is what it is.、Um, I'm kind of surprised. Now, I did not go through, with the notes that I took, I didn't go through every little thing、um, 
that happened at the conference. But what I want to do is I want to talk about some of the information. What I've done is I've taken news that was revealed both at the event itself and then after at the Treehouse event. There was there were a few um, there were a few things that were slowly revealed. So I want, I'm going to mix and match, and then um, if I forget anything, Stephen, go ahead and just you know you can tell me about the actual event. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the games in, in a little bit, but yeah, right now I'll talk... a little admirer right now in the room. Just oh, that's okay. No, if you hear uh, some voices that aren't mine. That's okay. Well, if, if we hear voices that aren't yours, we'll all go uh, go get checked out. <laughs> See, like that, I hear yeah. something. Um, so... To look at the funny picture in the computer. Yeah, that's a man. <laughs> hard to believe, but it is. It is hard to believe. So, uh, the next bit of news that was revealed was some really good news, and I actually got scared, and I don't know if this was because they were doing a direct translation, but um, the, the, the person who was translating starts saying, they're talking about, like, region locking, and they were saying that, you know, Nintendo historically has used um, region locks for their their consoles, and they have. They've always done this. Um, just they haven't for portables, well, the Game Boy line, they re well, they didn't reintroduce, they introduced region locking to their portable line with the, um, with the DS line. And anyways, I, I thought they were going to talk a little bit about the importance of region locking, and I was like, you got to be kidding me, because it seemed like that's what, where we were heading. Um, but no, um, it's actually going to be region-free. However, I want to get some clarification on that. I would actually, I, I actually sent out an email to our reps um, at Nintendo uh, for a couple of points that we're going to talk about because, to me, some of them seem impossible. Um, this, this one, I just wanted some further clarification because is it truly region-free or is it like um, Xbox 360? Xbox 360 was, um, I forget the term they, they use, but basically it's region-free unless the developer wants it to be region-locked. And then it will know, uh, like it's built into the system where there are some Xbox 360 games that you can buy from Japan that won't work. Like you'll put them in your system and it knows it's a North American system and says, screw you, you like you're not going to work. Um, but moving into this generation, uh, I don't know of any games like that for Xbox One or for PlayStation 4. As far as I know, and go ahead, leave a comment, let me know if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, every game um, is region-free. Like, it's, it, the system itself is region-free. It can't... The games have no way of knowing that you're actually playing a North American system as opposed to, like, a Japanese one, for example. So I just want a little clarification on that, and the reason why obviously is for Dragon Quest and other games that could potentially come to the system, I would very much like to know if I can, you know, rest easy that no, there's no way that the game or system can tell which, uh, which, which region you're actually playing in if you're not connected to the internet. So, are you, does, do you even care about this, Stephen? Well, region locking shouldn't have happened on the 3DS, so I'm glad they finally took it away, and it's even more of a bonus because their consoles has always have always been region locked. I believe uh, maybe not the Super Nintendo. I think the Super Nintendo, if you modify, the if you make it that the Famicom games fit, that it, it's fine. But besides that, 
Uh, I, I don't know uh, of any examples with the PS4 and Xbox One of games being region locked. So I think this will be fully region locked like portables were before. Do, do you care, though? Yeah, well, I'm not big on importing because these days most games, they come out overseas anyway. It's not like the 90s or 80s, but... It's a, it's a good bonus. I mean, it, it, what, there's nothing to complain here about the region locking. Good. Um, you guys are probably here background, eh? Sorry about that. I had to put my stupid laundry on, and uh, it's really loud today. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, so another thing, um, they, they, they shifted gears and started talking, and this is where I'm going to, I'm going to combine some information here, okay? Um, local multiplayer seems to be back in quite a big way. You can actually have eight, switches connect wirelessly to each other which is kind of cool for games like uh, super bomberman r which i gotta be honest with you um if there was a more enticing launch lineup which we're going to get to uh super bomberman r would definitely be my kind of um like game two if you know what i mean like there would always be like that main launch title that you would play say like uh, super mario 64 right but Pilot Wings was a great, on the N64 anyway, Pilot Wings was like the really fun game too. On the Super Nintendo, you had Super Mario World, but you also had F-Zero as that game too. And for me anyway, um, I love these type of games. Like, they're just fun when people come over, you just, you know, you grab out uh, an extra set of... Um, of uh, what are they called, the Joy-Con controllers, which we'll get to more of that in a bit, about some of the pricing on that stuff. Um, actually, why not? Why, why don't we do that right now, actually? Um, so if you don't know, the Joy-Con controller, that is, it's basically, there's a left one and there's a right one. You've seen it all in the, um, in the promotional materials. They, they sit on either side of the screen. Or you can take both of them and they slide into basically your standard controller. All right? You can buy a pro controller, which goes for now. Stephen, do you have the prices handy? That's the one thing I forgot to write down. I know the Canadian prices. I think the uh, Joy-Con are 100 bucks if you want one and 60 if you want two, I believe. If you, if you want the other way around, yeah. Yeah, the other way around. And the pro controller, I believe, is... Uh, <laughs> the pro controller i believe is 70 bucks okay well there you go Canadian. yeah it, it's somewhere in that ballpark okay guys um that's a lot of money and that's that's a that's a a, a ridiculous amount of money i'm sorry for some of it uh i don't understand a hundred dollars for the controller like what the hell um, that was really. I was taken. I was taken aback by that. I really was. Uh, that's that's a lot of money for two tiny little controllers. Um, I, I was really really surprised by that because a game like Super Bomberman, you can play in tabletop mode. Now again, I want to make sure everybody is is on board here. So the Switch can be played in its dock and it'll display on the television. Or you can play it as a portable just anywhere. You can go to another country and play it. Or you can play it in tabletop mode, which basically, it has a little kickstand. You can stand it up and then use your, your controller so that you're essentially playing it on a tiny little TV. The TV just so happens to be the actual um, Switch uh, portable system, whatever the hell it is, the screen they area. It, they call it the console, actually. Okay. 
the console then. So you can just play it on the console itself, okay? Um, so that's kind of neat. But the thing, the, the, the one thing that kind of annoys me, for a game like Bomberman, you really use the D-pad. It's just, it's the way it is. Um, and games like uh, Ultra Street Fighter 2, you need a D-pad. You, you really can't play that with an analog stick. Well, I guess you could, but it would be really cumbersome to do so. So, the only way to get a D-pad with this particular system is to go and buy the Pro Controller, which I'm not sure. You said 70 Canadian. I thought it was 70 U.S. No, I for think that. I, I said 70 and then 80 Canadian, but I think you're right. It's 80 Canadian. Yeah, I think so. That's a lot of money. Um, and I, Because I think right now, a PlayStation... Well, let me check. Just curious to see comparison's sake. How much is a... Uh, PS4 controller. Okay, so they're $60 Canadian. So that's $20 more expensive than your competitors, and you could need two of those. So that kind of, I'm like, my goodness, because, like I say, the, the Joy-Con controllers don't actually come with a D-pad anymore. So by default... Your standard, this is the first time Nintendo's ever done this, and it's kind of surprising considering they're the ones that created the D-pad. So it's kind of weird, but uh, it's going to be neat to see all the different options you have available. Like they said that eight switches can actually be played together, but can you have around one, one console, can you actually have eight Joy-Con controllers? Do you know what I mean? That'd be kind of messed up. I'm not sure if if you can do that or not. I don't know. Like eight people surrounding that tiny little screen to me would be like utterly ridiculous. But there's these, a couple things like that. These prices are just out. I don't know where they took that because first off, they mentioned that the Switch was using the legacy features of all their past consoles, and what they use for the NES as an example is that the NES came with two controllers. And then when it was revealed that they, the Joy-Cons, they separated. And in my mind, the Joy-Con, both parts are one controller, but they, they cleverly say that it's two, which is bullshit. It's one controller. Like, it's, it's not the Wii days anymore. Like, I don't play games with just a D-pad and two buttons. Or for, for the Wii was two buttons. This one is four. It's, it, in my book, it stands as two control as one entire controller so that I was disappointing in but to think that these things will cost more than a PlayStation 4 controller more than a Pro controller it's I don't know what they're thinking on that like it <coughs> seems like a the kind of mistake that Sony did with the Vita when they announced the prices of all the accessories and uh, I think they did that like a week before yep. the Vita came out so it's I don't know I don't know how the market will react to those prices and uh, I've got something. I've got something. I got to get off my chest. I have not mentioned this before, but I've got to get this off my chest because this is something that was bothering me from the minute they talked about the consoles. So there's going to be two SKUs available. They're both two ninety nine ninety nine, and they're they're one hundred percent identical with one exception. One, the two Joy-Con controllers, the left one and the right one, are um, gray, and then in the other one. One of them is blue, and one of them is red. And I was like, what? Why in the hell would you do that? Who the hell wants to have, like, a multicolored 
sort of controller. Like, seriously, who wants to do that? I don't know anyone. Every single person that I've shown that to has been like, well, why the hell did they just make a blue one and a red one? And then Stephen mentioned his lovely comment, why, you know, like, it's one controller. I don't understand this. It doesn't make any sense. And then it hit me. Well, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. They're going to sell the other controller color individually, and they already are. They're already up on Amazon, and that one individual one was, what, 60 bucks U.S.? 50? Anyway, whatever it is, it's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous how expensive this is, and I think that's the gimmick. Like, that's it. That if you want to mix and match, it's just another way of getting money. But I think they're insane. Like, uh, the, the prices are absolutely nuts. So, I didn't like that right away. I was just like, holy crap, like, that's crazy. And you're going to want to have at least, at least one extra set of Joy-Con controllers. For sure, you're going to want to do that, or have a spare Pro controller. Because by its very nature, by its very design, this system is going to be much more... Um, local multiplayer friendly. Sure, it's going to have the online stuff, which, oh boy, wait till we get to that. Um, but it, it's going to be kind of unique, you know? You could be somewhere where you don't have access to the cradle, and you could just put the screen out, and you have your friend beside you, and you have like a quick game of Puyu Puyu or something like that. And it would be fun. Like, that, that actually would be genuinely fun to do, something like that. And it would be great if you could just use the Joy-Con controllers, because they're so tiny. It would be great to just bring that over to someone's house. But damn, man, the prices are going to make this so prohibitive. So the other thing um, that we got, we got a little bit of information of how some of the system works, okay? Some of the features and things like that. So this wasn't at the reveal. This was the day after. Uh, so we know that there's 32 gigabytes of onboard storage, and you can use SDXC or SDHD cards to expand that memory. Now, to give you an idea, that's great that it's not proprietary. Thumbs up for that. I'm still utterly shocked that it only comes with 32 gigs. Um, I think the smallest iPhone you can buy today is either 16 or 32 gigs, and it, it jumps up, you know, significantly more from there. I'm I'm very surprised by that, that they didn't have, like, 128, you know, like, as a bare minimum, or hell, even 64. I'm very, 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 very surprised that you only had 32 gigs. Uh, and because of the nature of the machine, you don't really attach, like, an external hard drive like you did with the Wii U. My Wii U... Um, I have a terabyte external drive that sits right beside it um, for that very reason that I thought... Because wasn't the Wii U only 32 as well? Yep. Yeah, okay, so perfect. Because I, I was trying to think, why the hell did I get this terabyte drive? But it was for that. Now, um, micro uh, SDXC cards are not that expensive. However, that being said, they're not that expensive up to about 128 gigabytes. After that, prices start getting insane. So you're looking at, like, if I were to go right now on Amazon, and again, I know this is uh, Canadian, sorry guys, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a little bit less for you guys. Uh, if I were to say 128 gigabyte SD, oh no, it's micro, micro SDXC, it's 61 bucks. 
Okay? For like a, a, a really, like a Samsung. If I go down and get a Patriot, it's 52. And then if I go down and I get like, you know, the no-name brand, something called Magic Puck, it's $24. So if you want a name brand, like a SanDisk, is 56 so you're looking at around 50 bucks. Put it that way for one that you can actually rely on that it's not going to, you know, explode. Uh games so far anyway have ranged from the from the like 4 to 5 gigabytes for some of the smaller games to up to like 40 something gigabytes for like Zelda. So you're really going to have to um expand that memory if you want to uh, go the digital download route. Um, and you're going to have a series of memory cards. So before I move on, what do you think of that? Yeah, my, my, my issues are something that we probably will talk a bit more in details later. The problem is that I think Nintendo really needs... And so far it doesn't seem like they're going for that. And another problem with that is that most third-party games today on the PS4, they are not below 32 gigs so and this is seven eight games physically with you all the time it's much more convenient to have them install on your system like i have with my 3ds you, you can play like a dozen different titles on the plane or something so like I, I know most nintendo games are under 32 gigs but like a game like skyrim i don't know how much uh gigs those are it's probably not as much because that's a, a previous generation title but like if they, they they want the call of duties and all that which they don't seem to want which is another thing we'll talk about later like this is not going to cut it in terms of memory and you'll have to upgrade like the ps4 and xbox one they both came out with a 500 gig uh, system there's nothing lower than that and that fills up pretty fast. So you're going to have to delete games, which is not a big problem because you can always download them later and you probably don't play a game you bought four years ago anymore anyway. So, But it's still, 32 gigs is not competitive. Yeah, that that was the thing, my man. Um, like, that's what really did it to me was, uh, I'm like, 32 gigs today? I mean, while... Uh, I, I forgot to do something here. Um... I wanted to just see, if I go to Apple right now, it's just because it's easier, it doesn't really matter which phone, um, let's say I want to buy the iPhone 7, what is the smallest damn phone you can buy, let's see, I want Jet Black, are you freaking kidding me, are you serious, what, so the iPhone 7 only co- nah, man, that's impossible. No, no, no. Hold on. That's not possible. Because they say the iPhone Seven starts at eight ninety nine. Okay. What if I put here rose gold? There we go. That's got to be a f- okay. Yeah. So the smallest one is thirty two gigabytes for your phone. Your phone. You cannot get smaller than 32. Well, I'm sorry, but this system is not a phone. You know what I mean? It's going to get, like you say, it's going to get some really massive games. I forget. I don't want to lie to you guys. I want to make sure. What was the Breath of the Wild download size? 
Why don't I see it? Why the hell don't I see it? That's weird. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. So here we go. Um, Breath of the Wild is 13.4 gigabytes. There you go. So I was way off. Good thing I looked at it. So 13.4 gigabytes, which is basically almost 40% of your your space. I find that just... I don't know. I just find it really, really baffling. I don't want to stay on this topic forever, but I I'm just so, so surprised that they they did this like i i i'm shocked anyway okay so besides that um you know if you are planning on picking up one of these systems i'm telling you right now go buy one card even if you're going to buy the physical copies of your games i would still highly recommend going and picking up a card as soon as you can at least 128 gigabytes because of what steven said all the patches and dlc and stuff like that that isn't going to save to your game cards, you know? That's going to save to your memory stick. So I would highly recommend going and picking one of those up. So the other thing that we learned was the fact that um, when the system is docked, it will output up to 1080p. That doesn't mean that every game is going to be 1080p, but it also confirms what we had thought, which I'm fine with, is that uh, it won't be displaying 4K resolution. And while you take it out and you go on the go, it will display in 720. So for me, honestly, with this, given the price point and given everything else, I, I'm, I'm fine with this. I don't own a 4K TV, so I really don't care. Sorry for those that do. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say for that. Yeah, me neither. Okay, good. Awesome. I already mentioned about the three different modes, so we'll be good for that. So I just wanted to get all of the different things that the system does out of the way first. So we're going to talk uh, now a little bit about the online service. Um, this was really unique. Um, so they said that the the online service will eventually be a paid service sometime this fall. It will launch in this fall. And it was about at this point in the the conference where I started getting this sinking suspicion that this machine isn't ready. Like, it, it, it clearly was not in development for as long as I had originally thought, and in some of the discussions that the two of us have had, where, you know... Like, I, I was under the impression that they knew the Wii U was in trouble, like, by January of last year. Like, they knew they were, they were, they were in trouble. And so that they had fast-forwarded any, the, um, any of their next-gen plans. But that does not appear to be the case at all. Um, this clearly, to me, I, don't, I mean, feel free to argue with me, but or debate, or whatever, but to me, it's it's clear that this is a 2018 machine, maybe even 2019, that they did speed it up, but that this clearly was supposed to have come out at some point in late 2018, or, or something like that, maybe with their original plans, because their online service will launch in fall, and I'll put this out there, I say maybe. I, I will be shocked if it actually arrives in time for fall. Um, at launch, there's going to be a trial version, which will be free. 
And what that will allow you to do is it will allow you to play games with other players online. But what you need to know is that there's no built-in, and this was confirmed now, there's no built-in functionality for Steven and I to play Mario Kart 8 with one another and talk to each other. There's no native functionality built into the system at launch. Um, that will arrive in the fall, supposedly. So then the question is, well, wait a second. They have online, they have online games. Well, if they have online games, how the hell do you play with one another? Well, that's a very good question. And the answer to it is uh, something that I thought was a part-time solution, at least. But apparently, no. Reggie is saying that this is the way they want to move forward. And I, I need someone to really explain this. So the way this is going to work is you are going to take your smartphone and you are going to download an application on your smartphone that will allow you to invite other players to your games. And then you will talk to said player via your phone. Let that sink in. And every single media outlet pretty much in the world went, what? And has asked for further clarification. And I've done the same. Because I refuse to believe that in 2017, the system itself, like I will be able to go and buy a system and it will not natively allow me to invite other players to my games or use some sort of headset or microphone or something natively to speak with the players that I'm playing with. My PlayStation 2 allowed me to do that um, game by game. I mean, it wasn't uh, like with what Microsoft um, introduced with uh, Xbox Live and stuff like that. But do you have any idea how old SOCOM is, man? SOCOM is friggin' ancient, and it allowed you to do that. I I'm lost at what, like I am totally totally lost. It was like when we heard that we were texting each other like what and we were like no that can't that's not possible. So go ahead and talk. My 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 fear with this is since this is a portable uh, when I talk to you and I'm on the bus or whatever is this, is this gonna like really hurt my data plan? Like I know the app is free but. If we're going to talk, we're going to need either Wi-Fi or 3G. We're going to need some kind of connection. So this will not be easy on my data plan, I imagine. So this is this is not really... This sucks. Like, I, I, I... But then again, when I say this, I realize that you'll need Wi-Fi no matter what to play the game online. So that's not an issue now that I think about it. I don't think this will have a 3G option anyway, the system, and I don't really think, uh, like the Vita showed, and I think the PSP had one too, it's not really something that works with console gaming. So I just answered my own question there, which was what I wanted. The problem is I can't wait to uh, to see how much they charge for this, because it's I don't understand why we we need to pay to play online when they don't offer what the competition does because I know you're going to talk about this like PlayStation Plus and a, a Xbox Gold I believe gives you free games every every month and it also gives you achievements and trophies and lots of other features like voice chat and be, being able to uh, connect with people which 
this won't offer unless you count the app. And maybe that like most people have a smartphone by now. So maybe if the app is good, maybe that won't matter as much. But still, like just the fact that PlayStation Plus offers so much for the for your for your dollar. And when you look at the Joy-Con controllers and all that, it seems that Nintendo is overcharging for everything now. So will they do the same with this point? It it kind of points to yes, they will. Signs point to yes, they will right now. So I'm curious to see what happens. And I know you want to talk about the free games that Nintendo will offer. Yeah, I actually want to talk. One more thing, though, that I want to just mention with this um, that you mentioned. Look, I'm okay um, having... You know, like going through a, a smartphone. I, I'm okay. I'm an adult, right? Nintendo, like, makes family-friendly games. Whether or not their audience skews to the younger crowd is debatable, all right? It is. Um, but they themselves, on their friggin' website, they describe themselves as a, fra- a family-friendly game. So let's say your son is five years old. Okay, and he wants to play something. I would hope, as a parent, you're not buying your son a smartphone type of thing at five, but you might be one of those, you crazy lunatic. Um, but let's say he doesn't have a phone, right? If he doesn't have a smartphone and he wants to play with his other friends that are five in Mario Kart, you have to give him your phone for him to be able to play. It just seems to me... Uh, an, an unnecessary extra step. Now, I like the idea. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. I actually do like the idea, but as a, an, another or an optional sort of um, means of communication, it would be great if they had a local solution so that if you're just playing at home all the time and you do have kids that don't have access to phones and stuff like that, that you won't have to worry about that. My phone battery is the worst. Okay, like it's the worst. It lasts for like two years, a year or something like that. And then it's like in the toilet. I won't be able to do this. I'm going to have cables all over me and like everything's going to be plugged in all over the place. It it just seems totally absurd. Um, And I just I don't get it. It it seems to me this would be a great solution while you're moving around. That I'll give you. Now that you say this, this is that this was probably one of their solutions to keep the battery life low. Yeah, it is. That's By what I'm going to get into. Off your battery life of your phone instead. Yeah. No, that's exactly where I'm going with this. Is exactly that because the battery life of the actual unit itself is 2.5 hours to 6 hours, but this is all theoretical, okay? This is the same sort of BS. No one's going to really know until you actually Get it in your hands and start playing it. It's the same thing like with the Vita when when they started talking about that. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, it goes up to eight hours. It goes up to this and that. Yeah, well, actually play it. And it was, it was for in the Vita's case, it was actually surprising. It lasted a little bit longer than people thought. And maybe that'll be the case here. But I hate, I hate when you don't get sort of like, look, we're, we're targeting three hours for your AAA gaming experience. Because 2.5 to 6, come on, man, that's double. You're, you're doubling the battery life. Like, that's a load of BS. I'm sorry. Like, it doesn't make sense. Okay, yeah, if I'm playing an NES game, it'll last, like, 6 hours. Good stuff. But if I'm playing Zelda, it's going to last 2.5? Is that is that the case? 
So that'll be interesting to see, and that's that was what I was trying to get to. You ruined my surprise, but that's what I was basically trying to get to was that. I, I think one of the main reasons why they completely removed a local application is just to save all the battery life they possibly could. It's why the display is in 720p, um, but given the size, it's not going to matter. Like, really, that won't matter. And I guess they figured, well, you know, everybody has a cell phone, and uh, there you go. But if you do have children, it could, this could get really annoying because it's an extra step. And for people like me, like, I won't be using voice chat on this machine. Like, I just won't, because there's no way. Instead, what I'll end up doing is, like, unless it really doesn't take up too much battery life of my phone, otherwise I'll just end up just Skyping with Steven like we uh, we used to do. Um, so, now, I want to keep going with the online stuff. So, they said that it's going to be paid. Okay, great, that's cool. Uh, Stephen already mentioned, what are you paying for, though? And that seems to be the, the big question on everyone's mind. No trophy system or anything like that was mentioned. Now, whether or not it will have one of those type of things, we don't know. Uh, they just they didn't talk anything about it. The only thing they said is that there will be an incentive program. And that incentive program genuinely sounded pretty damn cool. And that is that you'll be able to download a retro game, like an NES game or a SNES game, but with one, one slight... Just, just before, I just want to mention that you'll be able to download one NES and one SNES game per month. They mentioned that. Oh, it's, it's actually, yeah. so two games. Yeah, one Okay, okay I thought it was either or. Okay, cool. Um, so, like, in and of itself, okay, you know, well, all right, retro games, that's cool. But here's what's kind of neat. They said that they're going to be online multiplayer features for, well, obviously for select games. It's not going to be every single game, I would assume. Um, and that's kind of neat. I think so, anyway. I think that's kind of cool that uh, you could have, like, potentially, like, F-Zero or something like that. You could, you could have an online match. So Steven and I could actually play the Super NES original F-Zero and actually play together, which is cool, and use our phones to talk to one another. Anyway... <laughs> Um, uh, (laughs) but then uh, I don't know what happened I honestly don't know who mentioned this but it turns out that you only have it for a limited time now there's conflicting reports here because some reports are saying that you'll only have it for the month that it's offered and then others are saying that it's for a certain duration after you download it so like for example if I were to I were to download F-Zero. Let's say F-Zero was the free game for um, well, March. Won't go, let's say uh, December, okay? Um, but if I downloaded it December 30th, I might have it until January 30th or something like that. Whatever the case may be, you only have it for a limited amount of time. Then after that duration, you have to buy the game if you want to uh, continue to play it. Now that's in stark contrast to what's uh, available on the PlayStation Plus program and um, Xbox Live with Gold, I think is the actual thing they call it. Or what, yeah, whatever. you're right. The, the thing is, this is still good. You're still getting free games. It's like a, a free rental, and most of the times you have plenty of of, uh, enough time to beat the game. The thing is, when you compare this to your competition, it it sucks because your competition, like with me with my PlayStation Plus thing, what I do is I actually just every every month I go in my PlayStation Four and I click Add to my library, 
And that's it. Most of these games I'll never even play, but I have the option to. And a perfect example arrived uh, uh, earlier, uh, well, at the end of last year when I was at my buddy's and he was showing me a game called Broken Age. And he was like, man, this game is awesome. And I'm like, wow, this is. And he's like, it's on sale for $3, so you should buy it. So I went home and I went to buy it and I realized I had al I already owned that game. I just yep. never downloaded it. So that was cool. Like I had Broken Age that I could now play. So stuff like this, like free rentals, like like I said, you'll have plenty of time to beat them. But it's just that the competition always already offers a superior service than that. So exactly, this is something that I think Nintendo will eventually realize and will change. I think it will, but for now, it's inferior to the competition. Yeah, and and I think it's also something that we also have to be mindful of. Is what if they do say, okay, guys, it's twenty dollars a year. I doubt very much, considering the price yeah. of their controllers, that they're going to do that. But, I mean, we, we don't know yet, you know. So, for this, I'm going to cut them a little slack. Um, but it still seems, at least to me, it seems half-baked. It seems like, you know, you're not, again, you're, you're not looking at what your competition is doing. And continually saying that we don't compete with these people doesn't make sense. You have Skyrim. You, you are competing with them. Like, I'm sorry, but that's, that's just the way it is. The minute you have games that are on a different, you know, platform, a competing platform, well, then, yes, you're competing. You, you still have an automobile, you know? Like, you're still in that same exact market. So The other thing I want to mention, I, I don't know if you're getting to that, is it will, the virtual console, will it be ready day one? Because the we Wii don't know. U, it wasn't. And by the time you'd, you'd expect that it should be ready day one with a huge library of games already available. Not, not all of them, because if you put all of them at once, you're not going to have as many sales as if you release a select few every week and you highlight them. But it seems like we might get another system launch without a virtual console right away, which is clearly stupid. Yeah, we are. For sure we are. Absolutely for sure. This machine was not meant to go on sale now. And and I have proof of this. And I will show you the proof of this. When I was um when I was compiling the list, okay, of all the games and stuff, you have to be very careful with console launches, all right? Um people will tell you a lot of bullshit. Um and they will tell you a lot of truth. Um, but they never tell you which is which, of course. So, for example, like with Vita. When Vita came out, they're like, there's 800 million games in development and stuff, and I'm sure there are. Um, but you don't actually know that, and that's the truth. They don't know that. They have no idea how many games are truly in development. Um, they, if you're an honest company, you'll tell, you know, you'll say, like what Nintendo said, there's like over 50 games that are in development right now. That's okay, fine. Um, but what's fascinating, and yes, we're early year. I mean, we're, we, we, everyone has to understand that. E3 is still here for this year. You have all your different trade shows. You still have all your Nintendo Directs and stuff like that. But they officially, Nintendo of America, lists 25 games as potentially releasing in 2017. 25 games potentially but of those games okay there are 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 of the 25 
that have a more than 50% chance of slipping into 2018. That's crazy, man. That's 12 games where you Is you're, that first party titles or No. That includes third party. That includes third party. Very so, weak list. Well, to me, that's my proof. I don't need any more proof than that that this machine was not a, a it was never intended to get released in 2017. There's just no way. Nintendo hasn't done this since the N64. Um, like I, I, I was just shocked when I when I and it's all on their press site. You can go any one of you. You can join their press site. You, it's no longer a secret. Um, and they list. They have all the games and all the ones that are tentative. The ones that are tentative officially are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, but then Super Mario Odyssey is holiday. Bull, that's 10. Skyrim is listed as fall. Again, who knows? So that's your 11. And How then is the Skyrim that closer. It's because it, it was it, it was probably put in development last month. That's what I'm saying. Like Nintendo didn't approach anyone with this machine. It's clear. Last Christmas, Zelda should have come out on Wii U. I'm sorry, but it should have. It's done. The game is finished. It should have been released last holiday, this holiday, 2016, as the big Wii U title. They should have had a couple of other games, probably stuff like Splatoon 2, and a couple others would have come out on Wii U throughout this year, and even Mario, most likely, would have been out. It would have been either the holiday release of 2017 or into 2018. And then in 2018, they would have had their, their this particular, the Switch, would have been their holiday um, platform. And, I'm, I mean, anyone, you guys, go ahead, disagree all you want. It's just, I've, I've never seen this before. It, the machine is not ready. It's as simple as that. It's just not ready. So, the first games that they talk about... I just want to continue with that thought a bit. Because we did the podcast like a year or a year and a half earlier called the Nintendo NX Will Fail. And one of those reasons I said was third-party support. And when we talked about that, never did I imagine that third-party support would be as bad as it is. They flew the EA guy to... Tokyo or whatever, wherever that presentation was, to announce FIFA was coming to the Switch. Like, FIFA is a game that you absolutely need on your console if you want to have success. But FIFA is the only EA game that was announced, unless I'm mistaken. So you're not getting your Maddens, you're not getting your NHLs, you're not getting your golf games, you're not getting any other EA franchise that, that exists. You're only getting FIFA. So, if you're a sports fan, you're not going to bother with the Switch. You're going to get a PS4 or an Xbox One because all the sports games are on that no questions asked and they arrive on day one. The Wii U, when it launched, I believe it had a FIFA title and a Madden title. And of course, Madden and FIFA, I think, only had one installment. Maybe FIFA had two, but that's it. And then they never showed up. EA abandoned the console. I don't... I. I don't feel confident that EA will not do the same with the Switch. It appears that they're only releasing a FIFA just maybe because they're contractually obligated to or something like that. The same thing with Skyrim. Like, Bethesda, like, when you, when you heard them, like, it's 
it didn't seem like honest. It didn't seem like what he was saying was like he really believed in what he was saying. Like every system that ever launched, whether it's the Xbox One, the PS4, the 64, the Wii U, you always have at the the, the conference third parties saying how excited they are to work with the new console. They always say that. It's bullshit. They they have to say that. They're not gonna oh, go out there and say like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's interesting. We'll make some games for it. See how it goes. They they they, they never say that. So I would pay them to say that. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it seems we'll see like it goes. developers were more interested in the Wii U than they are in the Switch right now. And I think the Wii U really burned them. And Nintendo's gonna have to fight to get their. Uh, love and approval back but it doesn't seem like they're fighting much right now okay let's keep going then um like with that topic uh another further proof in the pudding man the number one third party to nintendo has been ubisoft um i don't think anyone could argue that they have been through thick and thin with nintendo i mean uh what was it zombie u Highly creative game. By the way, if, if you've never... You've played that on Wii U, haven't you not, uh, Stephen? Yeah, but you know me. It's way too scary for me. Um, very... Like, an amazing game. I mean, really. One of the best launch titles for, for the Wii U, if not the best launch title for uh, the Wii U. Just just a, a fantastic game. Scary as hell. Um, now, what happened here? Okay? If you look at Ubisoft today with Nintendo, they're burnt, man. Like, they're fed up. They're, they're, they don't have faith in the company at all anymore. And PR be damned. Listen to what they have coming. Just Dance 2017. A lot of effort went in there. Rayman Legends Definitive Edition. Okay, Rayman Legends came out, what, two, three years ago now? Uh, maybe even more than that. Probably okay. three, four years ago. It's a Wii U. It was a Wii U, almost a Wii U launch title. It came out a bit after because they wanted to make it multi-platform. So yeah. when the Xbox One launched in 2013, right? Or 2014? Oh, God, I don't even remember. It but whatever, out, yeah. It came out just a bit after the Xbox One and PS4 because they, they, it got a, a, another release. Um, I'm just looking to see... Uh, what was the other one? Steep, I think is what it's called. It's their... Um, uh, where is it? Yeah, Steve. Um, that one's uh, one of the ones that it's up in the air. It's 2017 release date, but who knows? Um, okay. Uh, so the this is the company that basically was your best friend. You know, like, they went all in, man, with the Wii. They came up with a whole bunch of different titles. They They really wanted to be creative with the Wii U and they gave you Just Dance, Rayman and a skiing game. To me, I think this is the worst position Nintendo has ever been in with a uh, a new console. I don't care that they have 500 different developers that are quote unquote making games for the system. It sure as hell doesn't look like it. And, yeah, and another example is Mass Effect Andromeda. That's coming out, like, what, at the end of March. That's a huge game. The Wii U launched with Mass Effect 3, and, of course, Mass Effect 3 was, like, a year or two old at that point, but it came out with Mass Effect 3. 
And another reason why I said that the NX was going to fail is because it doesn't have the same power as the competi competition. I, I don't think Mass Effect Andromeda can run on the Switch, so that's another reason. You're not going to get all those big games there, so why invest in the Switch? Only invest in the Switch if you like Nintendo games. And then you look at the Wii U, and it, it sold less than the Vita, so clearly people don't care to invest in the system for only one company. Yeah, absolutely. And I honestly think you're right. And we have some, some evidence of this, okay? Um, it, was, it was revealed that Skyrim is not based on the Skyrim HD remaster that just hit... Did it, did it finally come to PS4? I know it came to Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, it did. Earlier, okay. Earlier, well, earlier last year, yeah. So... I went, excuse me? When I, when I read that, I was like, wait a second. Like, you mean to tell me that this version is based on the last-gen version? And the answer was yes. So I put a, another um, communique asking for further clarification on that because I was like, that's not possible. Like, it's not possible that Skyrim is going to be based on the Xbox 360 and PS3 versions and not the HD remasters. If that's the case, what the F? But then, finding out that Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2 is the same thing. It's based off the PS3 build and not the PS4 builds of the game. I... I... I don't know, man. Like... I, I just... I don't have any way... How do you sugarcoat this? Like... <laughs> And again, the, the biggest, it seems like the biggest partner Nintendo has right now is Square Enix, because they're releasing Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2 and I Am Setsuna as launch titles in Japan. I'm not sure if they're launch title here. And they're also working on Dragon Quest 10 and Dragon Quest 11, plus another title that looks kind of neat. I don't remember the name. Yeah, the thing it's a weird is, one. Like that, those are fine. But you don't get your Kingdom Hearts, you don't get Final Fantasy XV, you don't get the big games that are big in North America. Dragon Quest huge in Japan, not so much here. And like I said, the biggest video game market in the world is here. You need yep. to concentrate here. They're not doing that. Yep. And this will all go back, because now we're going to jump into the games. Um, this will all go back to why I think um, a local direct would have been the better option, or at least to have three separate conferences, one for Europe, one for North America, and one for Japan. But they didn't. And that's why the very first games they showed were 1-2-Switch and ARMS. And I still have his text. There's some swearing in there. But Stephen basically texts me, and it's like, this is the F and we. And I... I I couldn't believe it. Every two seconds, they were like, you know, let's switch to this. And I, I wrote something to him as like, well, they basically switched their damn all the goodwill they had to this is a disaster. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. The fact that they showed one, two, switch first... <laughs> I, I, I was like, I, I'm lost. I'm like, this, is, this company truly is incapable of, of catering to, to what the market wants. I mean... 1-2-Switch is clearly a Japanese game. Like, Japanese people might enjoy that. Like, maybe. Like, I don't know why they had to show that off for, like, an hour, it seemed. Like, I could... Uh, <laughs> like, especially they had this big, this big set with two actors, and it looked, like, ridiculous when they started playing. You see that. This is something I can do myself. 
with a timer on my hand and give it to somebody else. <laughs> I don't need a $300 console to do this. And this is something that I can play for like five minutes and never want to play again. It's It doesn't <laughs> seem like fun. I, and the reason they say this is their Wii again, because this seems like, a packed-in Wii Sports. But it's not even packed-in. No, it's this not. This is a launch title. Like, <laughs> what is going on here? What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's like, a killer app, man. That's the, yep. that's what's going to make me pre-order a Switch. Wait, I got to tell you the price. I have to way, tell you the price. I, I checked yesterday two different sites in Canada, EB Games and Best Buy, And I could have pre-ordered a Switch, so... You should have. What's wrong with and you? And I did not, and I don't, I don't plan to, like I said to you. You're a monster. I know you'll have a Switch day one. You don't you don't admit it, but you'll have one. But, like, I have a Wii U, and the only game I want that's coming out for the Switch is, is Zelda. And they made another mistake, in my opinion. Well, it's debatable, but when you look back at Twilight Princess, Twilight Princess came out on the Wii and two weeks later on the GameCube. So at that time, that's why I bought a Wii Day One because I wanted Twilight Princess. Now Zelda is coming out on the Wii U the same day. So why would I invest in a Switch? And then again, like like I told you, like you you, you said that the Wii U had one, so why invest in a Switch? And I told you that nobody has a Wii U. So for some people, it will be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Quickly, quickly, and I know we'll talk about this later. But the freaking, I almost swear, the freaking Zelda trailer, best trailer I've ever seen in my life. Amazing. Freaking amazing. I yep. saw like Zelda crying in Link's arms. Like this is gonna be an epic game. Like this yep. there's voice acting, there's man, I can't wait for this game. Like when this yeah. launch Dude, I'm launch there, three, man. I'm taking like a week off or when by a week off I mean a day off for it because <laughs> I'm not like I have that that luxury. But man, this is gonna be amazing. And yeah. I play this on my Wii U and I don't care if you judge me for that. I will judge you. No, of course not. I'm. It it makes me upset though, man. It really does because of everything that I I've just said. Right? I'm I'm annoyed. It's like let it let it be. You know, like let it let the Wii U have that awesome game. And I know, But it I know. Make sense though. I, I, I know. I agree with you. On I know. I know. I know. I know. To launch a huge AAA game like that on a dead console when you can get some momentum and like the switch will sell out obviously like especially if the rumors are true that they're only want to sell two million units in a year it's gonna sell out everywhere so like it, but it, i it get that but then i look at it that you're squandering the the momentum because the machine isn't ready It doesn't even have a freaking online <laughs> network. Yeah, the machine is clearly, clearly rushed. Like, they never wanted the Wii U to only last, like, four years, obviously, and debatably three, because last year the Wii U got Star Fox Zero, man. That's what they got. Yeah. So, like, it was, like, an ugly year for Wii U owners last year. So, it, it's... They like that's why that's why we didn't get the switch this holiday season because imagine if they would have launched this holiday season like oh god would have gotten was one two switch yeah launched with one game that's it <laughs> like that's how that's why they have to launch it in March but even then like if you're gonna launch in March like might as well wait <laughs> but whatever like, like I'm not an expert maybe the switch will be like even bigger than the Wii maybe they know what they're doing and. 
I I don't think so. I I don't think so. Did you see what one two switch is, by the way? Uh I guess maybe I I missed what it I missed the potential. I don't know. No, it's not it's not about potential. It's the one two switch has no graphics. It's not a game. It's you put it How in between dare you? How dare you? You put it in between you, okay? But you don't look at the screen for anything. It's not that. You use the screen to check your results. Yeah, and the thing is that he was like, saying that you look your opponent in the eye and you predict his movement and all that. Yeah. Crap. It's like, come on. No, no. Listen, listen. So you put the screen in between the two of you, okay? But you're not looking at the screen because the games are all stuff where it's one-on-one and you, you make quick motions against each other. Then you look at the screen to see, oh, okay, who had the faster time and things like that. <laughs> but wait, wait. So this clearly, like what kind of development cycle did this have? Like three weeks? They're selling it on Amazon.ca for $64.99. I'll, I'll, I'll get one for me and one for two. One for you too. Thanks, man. We'll, we'll love it. I just couldn't believe this. I was you like, what? Online and look at each other. We be a Skype. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, You're God. Because you have the better internet connection than you. That's right. Damn it. So anyway, so that was the first thing. I mean, that's your first impression. Your and very I, first impression. about arms. That's what you're going to do, right, next? Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, arms has potential. It could be a fun game. Yeah, could be. Not a killer app. There's no reason for them to have giving that so much time. Like, let's be honest. It's a silly fighting game. It's there's next to no strategy. It's like we uh, we the boxing game on Wii Sports. Like everybody, I, I had a friend who was telling me how much he was good at it, how much there was strategy at it, and then he challenged me, and all I did was waggle like a crazy person and beat him easily because he was trying to <laughs> strategize. This is going to be the same principle. Like, it, it's going to be fun, but it, it should be a $20, $30 game, and it should have had the 30-second trailer. That's it. That's all. Let's move on. I, I don't think you have much to say about ARMS. I think you agree on that. The next thing I want to talk is what they invested, like, a minute or two talking about, like, shaking your remote like it had glass uh, ice in it. And, and, oh, it can have three cubes, and you'll feel them. Like, that's impressive technology. Don't get me wrong. But do you know how ridiculous you look right now and how <laughs> boring this is for me as a video game fan to watch you shake a glass of freaking water? <laughs> I don't know what you're complaining about. I thought that was the best. That was the highlight of the video. I don't know, man. I didn't write. This was for a Japanese audience, and I'm sure it works for that. But for us, like this was painful. Painful. Like, like you said earlier. I it, this is was at eleven at night. I wake up in the morning typically at six, sometimes five thirty. So this was over at twelve, twelve fifteen, and I I had five hours of sleep because of this crappy conference. And you said you almost uh, quit the conference. And let me tell you, like I almost did, but the reason I was not doing that was like in my mind they were they were getting the bad crap out of the way first to finish off with a bang. Some would argue that Zelda was a bang, but Zelda is a game we already knew was coming out. So nothing, it didn't get better is what I was saying. So I, I regretted not going to sleep. 
No, me too. Absolutely me too. Like, look, uh, there were other games that were shown, and I don't want to go... Um, there, like, the main thing what I want to tell you about is when they showed off Super Mario Odyssey. Given the the big fan you are, because I don't want to talk about Skyrim and all that. We've we've gone through almost everything else. Like we talked about the FIFA thing. Um, we can talk. I mean, they showed Xenoblade Two, um, and they showed they showed a couple of games like that look good. You know, like like you mentioned already with Square Enix. The other one, the the ta- the title is unbelievable. It's called Octopath Traveler. That sounds amazing um, from Square Enix. But the big one that Nintendo at least revealed was the Super Mario game. And yes, there was Splatoon 2. I know that a lot of you most likely are, are into that. Uh, but from the people who were Splatoon playing it in Splatoon 2 will be a, a huge summer game. That, that's, that, I don't have anything to complain about. The timing of that game, perfect. Summer game, Splatoon 2, will we'll sell millions of copies. Well, if millions. millions no, it won't. Games. It'll sell a couple hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there won't be enough Switch out, but it will sell well. Like the, the and Wii U version that, sold six million copies, I believe. So yeah, and but that's I think we're gonna see something interesting happen with Zelda, man. I would not be surprised if Zelda on the Wii U outsells by a large margin, at least for the first year or two, because there's just not gonna be enough switches, man. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so what did you think? I'm really curious, and, and you didn't text me, damn you. Um, yeah, if, for those out that don't know, I was watching my the conference on my phone, and I was Jared was texting me like every freaking second. So basically, I had half screen. I only saw half the screen during the Mario. <laughs> he, he was flipping out. I don't think you enjoyed that Twitter very much. Well, do you want me to say my impressions first? Uh, sure. Okay, so when it first launched, I went, I'll be really blatantly obvious, uh, obvious, honest with you guys. I went, what the F is this? Uh, because the very, very first thing reminded me, I think it was called Union Station um, in uh, Sonic Adventure. It looked exactly like that. I mean, yes, nicer, of course, but you had human beings in like you know trench coaches uh, coats and you had taxis going around it looked like he was in New York City and I went what like all the anytime Hollywood does that in in movies like you know like He-Man movie they come to Earth and all this kind of crap it it's not the same and and with this now thankfully as the trailer went on i was like oh okay you know yes you do have your classic super mario you know fantasy based like you know platforms and you the unique stuff that that's mario but then you had like photorealistic forests that he was going through and i was like i i mean i pieced it together after basically it's grand theft auto obviously with no violence or anything like that it's a sandbox game um, and in that giant, well, I say giant, we don't know the size, but in that sandbox, Mario can do all these different explorations, this, that, and everything else. And then that acts like a hub that takes him to these un, like, uh, unreal worlds, but these different unique worlds. Um, and that's the setup of Super Mario Odyssey. But it still felt very weird, like really weird, I felt, seeing those scenes. The ones where it's like he's in New York and he's like on a rooftop jumping to another rooftop. I was like, what the F is going on? Um, but it did get better when I saw the other elements that look like classic Mario. And that's why I really wanted to hear your opinion on that, because maybe you're totally different. You're in love. Yeah, my my... my biggest question is something that I might have hallucinated, 
But he said that the eyes on the hat had something that could only be done on the switch. I believe I heard that, and it was never clarified. So I'm really curious what that has to be. Uh, for me, I'm not a huge fan of 3D Mario titles. I hate Super Mario 64. Everybody loves that game. My favorite Mario 2D game is Super Mario Sunshine. That one I enjoyed for some reason. I did everything that game had to offer. And this looks similar to that. So I, I'm I'm down with Mario. I, I thought it looked like fun. Uh, I thought it looked amazing. The only thing is I don't think it's going to make holiday release only because that's the original date. And most games get... get uh, Delayed. If you look at Zelda, it was originally a 2015 title. Even Super Mario Sunshine on the GameCube got delayed. Every game usually gets delayed at least once. And I know they really need to have this as a holiday title, but I have a feeling they won't be able to deliver for that. But the game looks fine. The only thing is that the, the jumping on the hat thing is is cool, but I hope they, they don't remove the double jump because if they do, that's just pointless. So it's just going to be here. You can throw your hat and jump on the hat instead of double jumping. So I don't know what that really adds to gameplay. But the game looks fine. Really curious to hear more about it. And that was pretty much that, like in terms of of, of things. Um, I want to run down. So when when the conference was over, I went to bed. Um, but, uh, I mean, we can talk a little bit about Zelda but I want to go through the 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 um, the actual dates and stuff. So this is all based on um, Nintendo of America, okay? It's not necessarily from the conference. So March third, that's day one. There's the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, one two Switch, Just Dance 2017, Rayman Legends Definitive Edition, Skylanders Imaginators, and Super Bomberman R. So basically, you have three new games. Then March 2017, there's something called, I think it's Sniper Clips or Snipper Clips, uh, Fast RMX, I Am Setsuna, and Has Been Heroes. Again, I'm going by the North American press site. They have, this is what they have. Okay, so the, I guess some of these titles could be released at launch, like I Am Setsuna, or it could be shortly thereafter, like the next week or something. Then April 28th, keeping in mind, March 3rd is when the system comes out. So this is almost two months later, your next game comes out, which is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Then spring 2017, there's ARMS and Puyo Puyo uh, Tetris, which actually that looks really good, but I can pick it up on the PS4, so whatever. Then summer 2017, you have Rhyme and uh, Splatoon 2. Fall, Skyrim, Holiday, Super Mario Odyssey, and then To Be Determined 2017, you have Xenoblade 2. No chance in hell that's coming out. Um, <laughs> that's a in, 2019 game. Yeah, They're like, crazy. no chance. Minecraft, FIFA, Dragon Ball, Xenoverse 2, Disgaea 5, that probably will be around September, October. Ultra Street Fighter 2, The Final Challengers, uh, Sonic Mania, I think that'll be on time. Uh, Steep, and NBA 2K. And then 
not announced at all in North America, okay? It's nowhere on, uh, on the North American site are Octopath Traveler from Square Enix, Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2, Dragon Quest 10 and 11, the new Shin Megami Tensei, which is actually cool. That was cool to see that there. But I'll tell you right now, there's no chance in hell that'll be an exclusive. Um, why, Fire Emblem Warriors. I say that because I know the 3DS ones were, but the 3DS was a very successful platform coming from a line of very successful platforms. I will be shocked if they take that kind of chance. I will be very shocked if they don't release a PS4 version of that as well. I might be wrong, and we'll see, but I will be very, very surprised. So, that's it. So those games, did none of the ones I just mentioned. FIFA in there? Is it? Is yeah, I did. Yeah, sure, I did. Yeah, FIFA's uh, tentative 2017. Okay. It was uh, no, no, no date. Um, now Fire Emblems, which is interesting, Fire Emblem Warriors. We just got a very, you know, quick little teaser thing. Um, there's going to be a Nintendo Direct on January 18th at 5 p.m. Eastern. So that's going to be interesting. They said they're going to reveal more information about Fire Emblem Warriors. I don't really so much care about the Warriors aspect, but it's going to be a Fire Emblem um, Direct. Now, I couldn't find if it's going to be a Fire Emblem Warriors Direct or if it's going to be a Fire Emblem as in the whole series. Yeah, it's a Fire Emblem Direct. So it's, it's okay, supposed perfect. to be talking about Warriors and probably the mobile game and maybe something more. I really hope it's something more, um, because... I, I think they're only going to talk about Warriors and the mobile game. Me too. Because like, Me too. if there's a Fire Emblem game in development for the Switch, it's probably 2019 too, so they, they, won't be able to, they won't want to invest too much time in a game that's not coming out soon. Yeah, and, and they wouldn't do another 3DS one. I would be very surprised, because that could cannibalize their sales of the, uh, the mobile one, or vice versa. So... That's all of it. That's pretty much everything that either was revealed or, or whatever. I mean, it ended with a bang, and it did. That was a brilliant Zelda uh, trailer. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, but as a reveal, I thought that was one of the worst reveals I've seen since the Xbox One focused on all its stupidity. Um, but as an actual platform... I I don't know what they were thinking. I, I I mean I understand the Wii U is dead. I get it, but I mean to me this you, you were getting into like Sega Saturn territory of what the f are you doing? This isn't ready. I mean it's clear this is not ready. The the number one thing that people complained about with the Wii U was that it was taking too long for titles to arrive after, you know, you, you would go, like, weeks without a new release and stuff like that. And March 3rd to April 28th? Like, that's two months! You know what I mean? I don't get it. It's like, this will be the worst drought ever seen in any console, I think, ever, from launch. So if you buy this, if you manage to get your hands on uh, on a Switch on March 3rd, I really hope you like Zelda. That's all I can say. <laughs> Alright, my final thoughts on the Switch thing is that I, I called this. I called this during the last Fanboys, and I told you and everybody else that Nintendo was emphasizing, whatever the word I'm trying to say, that this is a console. 
and they said that again like four or five times during the conference. Even Colin was surprised by that, but they they were already saying that during their their previous thing. So I'm telling you, at E3 this year or maybe E3 next year, they're gonna they're gonna announce the next 3DS. They will. Yeah. Oh uh, no, absolutely. I mean, it's evident. And that's the it, only it, thing about me that I'm glad to because I want another 3DS. So. Again, I don't think if it's smart for the company, but for me, good news. Yeah, I mean, for sure, because you can tell just by the amount of games that are currently in development, they're, they're a gargantuan studio. There would be way more games here if they pulled the uh, 3DS development side into this, which clearly they didn't do. So, yeah. So that's pretty much it. That's all I got for this. Um, I guess we'll just uh, move to our blast from the past, and then um, we'll call it a day. And, oh, boy, I'm going to have a lot of footage I'm going to get after this. It's going to be glorious. Um, All right, so it's my turn for the blast from the past. And this is a game um, that I'm a fan of, and I know quite a few people now, thanks to... um, like the gaming historian and a few other a few other uh, YouTube channels, uh, I know that more and more people now are getting into this particular game. Uh, the the problem is that people can't really get into it too much because it sells for well over a thousand dollars on eBay, like well over a thousand dollars. And that game is Little Samson. Um, I I I would ask if you've played it, but chances are no. I did not. Yeah, um, I, I promise I will stop doing this very soon um, with games that like you can't really play uh, because unfortunately this one, I, as far as I know, this was never released on any virtual consoles or anything like that. But it was a really, really unique Taito game, and like all of their Taito stuff or however they pronounce their name um, on the NES, at least I think it was them. Um, it's, it's ridiculously expensive. Like, I, I don't know if those guys, like, just made, like, ten copies of all their games, but much like Bubble Bobble and, and just a wide assortment of other games that they released, they're, they're just so friggin' hard to find. But Little Samson was really unique because it was one of the most stunning NES games ever made. It's, it's actually graphically one of the nicest 8-bit titles ever. And in terms of gameplay and controls, it's one of the tightest, most responsive video games ever made for the NES. It feels almost like you're playing a Super NES game, but on the NES, which was unbelievably rare. It's like if you, if you go and you play um, Super Mario World and go and play Super Mario Bros. 3... There's slight differences, obviously, in the, in the mechanics, but there's also controls. Like, it, it doesn't feel exactly the same. If you play um, The Legend of Zelda, for example, well, that one's really, really different because you went from four directions to eight directions. But I don't know if I'm making myself clear. It, it's, when you play a Super Nintendo game, it's, there's a certain feeling. Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy, just moving your characters around feels slightly different, just a little tighter, a little more refined. Um, Little Samson was one of those games that actually had that same feeling, and it's just, it was so unbelievably rare, even for late games in the NES library, to have that that particular feeling. What was unique with this game is it's an action platformer very similar to Mega Man, 
But what was cool is that you could switch between four different playable characters. You could level them up as you progress so they got more health. Um, each one of them had their own strengths and weaknesses as you'd go through uh, the particular levels and you could swap your characters. Each character could do something different. So like there was like a golem type character that would be the only one that could walk on spikes, for example. Then you'd have like this little mouse that could crawl up and go through different areas that others can't traverse and so on and so forth. Um, it was a very challenging game but it was a very fun game, like fair game too, I was meant to say. Um, and yeah, and that's that. It's it's just such a shame that no one can play this game. I, I It would have been awesome. I was thinking of this. Uh, I actually finally got my hands on an NES Classic Edition, and I looked through you know the titles. I had forgotten by now which titles were actually available on the platform, and I was like, you know... That would be really cool. Like, Gargoyle's Quest, this one, would have been really, really cool to have available on the, like, a, an NES Classic type of thing. Because no one has played these games, and it's really sad. And, and they go for, like, a friggin' mint today. So that's pretty much it. That's my blast from the past for this week. And, um, and that's that. So you want to close this out, give some uh, final thoughts on everything? Yeah, just maybe quickly mention that tomorrow begins my new series called Battle Mondays. And as we're talking, I'm just prepping up for my first ever battle against Jared, which will be in week two. So look forward to that. I'm really hoping you guys participate in that series, and I really want to battle you guys and have fun with Pokemon. So that's gonna that's how I'm going to say my last words this week. Good stuff, man. All right, guys. So thanks for watching, everyone. Quite a long podcast, but we had quite a lot to say. So uh, be sure to let us know what you think of uh, the Switch reveal. Is this something that, you know, you're all excited for? You think day one you're going to be there? Um, if you do share some of our concerns, do you think Nintendo can can right the wrongs that they've done? Or is this doomsday and Steven's predictions right that this is going to fail worse than the Wii U did? And with that, we're off, so we'll see you all in two weeks' time. Take care, everyone.